You're listening to the Commercial Vehicle Podcast, brought to you by Total Care, the UK's commercial garage equipment experts. Welcome to another episode of a Commercial Vehicle Podcast. Today is the 22nd of April, which is a special day because it's Earth Day. Earth Day is an annual event on April the 22nd to demonstrate support for environmental protection. It was first held in 1970 and it now includes a wide range of events coordinated globally by earthday.org. In today's podcast, we're going to be discussing in three parts about how our industry can save the planet. This involves emission standards, analysing emissions and how to cut your emissions. Hi, my name's Pav and today I'll be discussing whether the regulations on vehicles have changed anything. Back in 1992, the EU introduced the Euro 1 standard, the first in a series of increasingly stringent emission standards for vehicles out on the roads. It came with a noble aim, to drastically reduce the emission of harmful substances that are damaging our health, our atmosphere and the entire planet. But it also came with new advances in technology developed in response to those limits. In-house testing equipment such as diesel smoke meters and emissions analyzers designed to give workshops and MOT centres the accurate and reliable data they need to stay within the limits. Today, almost 30 years later, the Euro standards are up to their sixth iteration. But have these emission standards had any effect on the levels of pollution our vehicles are causing? Let's get into it. Have we changed the vehicles we drive? Out of nearly 40 million licensed vehicles out on the road in 2018, only 200,000 were considered ultra-low emission vehicles vehicles that release less than 75 grams of CO2 per kilometre travelled. This means that the figures accounted for just 0.5% of the vehicle population and an overwhelming majority of drivers were still using vehicles with significant emissions. That might sound concerning, but there's a little more to the story. In most cases, an ultra-low emission vehicle is either an electric vehicle or a hybrid one. There are relatively new technologies still in their infancy and we shouldn't be surprised to see that they haven't been adopted by the mainstream just yet. But despite occupying just a small section of the roads, these ultra-low emission vehicles are already seeing huge growth with their share of the market. In 2018, we saw 64,000 ultra-low emission vehicles registered in the UK, a whopping 20% more than the same figure in 2017. While the use of these vehicles remains low, it's still growing fast. And that means we could start to see them taking up a significant proportion of the vehicle population in just a couple more years as we start to see the move towards these emission standards. Have we changed the fuel that we use? Between 1990 and 2017, the use of petrol in the UK dramatically dropped from 27 million tonnes down to 13. And when we look at those figures for diesel use, those figures that typically produce less CO2, we can see the exact opposite. Back in 1990, the use of diesel in the UK was at 11 tonnes, rising to 27 in 2017. And from 2005 onwards, diesel overtook petrol as the most commonly used fuel. It's almost a perfect switch, where every tonne of petrol was replaced by nearly the same amount of diesel in its place. In reality, it's likely that these dramatic changes had less to do with the emissions limits themselves and more to do with the political and legal decisions that came from them. Vehicle registration tax was reduced for vehicles with low CO2 emissions and diesel fuel duty received a tax cutback in 2001 and that simply made diesel vehicles more attractive for the average driver. Have we managed to reduce our emissions though? Between 1990 and 2017, the UK's total greenhouse gas, GHG, emissions fell by 32%. That sounds like great news, until we take a closer look at the data around vehicles. Over that same period, GHG emissions from the road transport actually rose by 6%. 
which means our roads are now producing more GHG emissions than they did back in 1990. That's not such great news, but there is a silver lining to this. In the period where GHG emissions rose by 6%, the volume of road traffic rose by a massive 28%. While the total amount of GHG produced has slightly increased, it's a tiny number when you take into account the huge increase in the number of vehicles and the number of miles they're driving. So what does that mean? It means that whichever way you split it, per vehicle, per driver or per mile, the rate at which our driving is producing GHG has significantly decreased. Newer vehicles are being designed to produce fewer emissions, they're built to be more efficient with the fuel that they use and they're being checked and maintained more often to stay in line with modern environment regulations. Despite the ever-increasing volume of vehicles and journeys over the last 30 years, the technology we've been developing and using has been bringing us closer and closer to a reduction in our total emissions. And in a few more years, we might be well on our way to hitting our future targets as the emission standards continue to evolve. Ready to do your part? Whether you're running a workshop or managing a fleet, there's no getting away from the latest emission standards. You can take the steps to make staying compliant as easy and painless as possible. We've got a range of DVSA approved and Euro 6 accredited emissions equipment ready and waiting to help you bring your testing in-house, from diesel smoke meters to petrol and emissions analyzers. Check out more on our online shop to find out our latest deals or send us a message and one of our experts will get back to you. Now I'm going to hand you over to Ellie who's going to discuss emissions analysis. What will the road industry look like in 20 years? We're at a turning point in the road industry. Consumers and manufacturers are more eco-aware than ever and the UK government is under mounting pressure to make a drastic change to preserve the climate and reduce pollution. But despite these volatile times, road transport is still responsible for around 20% of the UK's entire greenhouse gas emissions. We've talked before about the historic progress we've made in the last 30 years, from the Euro 1 standards up to the present day with the clean air zones and so on. But today we want to talk about the future and the shape of road transport in the decades to come. Here's what you should expect over the next 20 years. We'll see clean air zones everywhere. Back in 2015, the Supreme Court ordered the UK government to take immediate action to cut their air pollution. In response to that ruling, the government made plans to introduce clean air zones into dense cities across the UK. Areas where polluting vehicles could be charged on a daily basis for bringing their emissions into an already toxic area. Today, we're already seeing clean air zones action in Bath, Birmingham and Portsmouth with plans for Bradford, Greater Manchester and more to come in 2022. But since the first court ruling in 2015, the UK government has continued to lose court cases around their pollution targets and they've been forced to step up their game. Since then, a massive 33 councils have been asked to draw up feasibility studies around introducing clean air zones. And if the pioneering zones in the cities like London and Birmingham prove successful at tackling emission levels, that could pave the way for dozens or even hundreds of nuclear air zones popping up all over the UK in the next 20 years. For fleet owners, that's a bit of a worry. With so many daily charges being levied across so many vehicles on almost every UK haulage route, the prevalence of clean air zones could make running a haulage firm incredibly costly. With so many daily charges being levied across so many vehicles on almost every UK haulage route, the prevalence of clean air zones could make running a haulage firm incredibly difficult and costly. But in reality, it probably won't be a problem because there are plenty of other big changes already underway. Electric vehicles will become the new norm. We're already seeing the rise of electric vehicles in the consumer market, 
with the electric and hybrid vehicles surpassing a milestone of 2 million vehicles in 2019, a market share of 2.5% of all new car sales. According to forecasts, that market share is to set to explode in the next 10 years, with electric and hybrid vehicles hitting a market share of 42% in Europe by 2030. That's an incredible level of growth in a short time, tying in neatly with clean air zones. And if those forecasts are accurate, we could easily expect electric vehicles to be dominating the roads 20 years from now. But when it comes to heavy-duty commercial vehicles, things are still a little bit uncertain. With heavy loads requiring high power over long distances, the technology needed to support electric vehicle haulage just isn't there yet. And it could be some time before we see heavy-duty vehicles moving over to electric. Back in 2017, Tesla unveiled the Tesla Semi, a battery-powered haulage truck that promises a range of up to 500 miles on a single charge. It's currently still in development with the plans to start production in 2022. But if Tesla's first foray into the electric truck proves fruitful, and the rapid growth of electric cars is anything to go by, we could expect to see electric trucks becoming an everyday staple of the haulage industry in a couple of decades, or potentially sooner. And in fact, that's exactly what has been promised. Diesel and petrol could be gone forever. Earlier this year, the government announced plans to ban internal combustion engines on every new lorry that's built after 2040. It's a bold move with a concrete deadline, and from an environmental perspective, it makes perfect sense. But is it realistic? We're only just now starting to see the leading companies like Tesla put their first electric lorries into production. We still don't know how well they'll fare with the largest freights and the longest distances. And we don't know how quickly companies will be able or willing to replace their entire fleet. But beyond the technology that's powering the trucks, there's a separate problem. A country full of electric trucks needs an established infrastructure to support it, with enough charging points all over the country to make it possible to have electric haulage on a large enough scale. It's not a simple case of switching out every lorry. Instead, we'll need heavy long-term investment to make the change feasible. And that would mean governments and private companies coming together in a concerted effort over the next 20 years to make that happen. So what does that mean for the workshops today? If you're running a workshop that's thinking about its long-term future, you need to be prepared. Changes are coming, and while some of them are closer than others, it's safer to say we're all on the path towards a more eco-friendly and socially responsible industry. In the coming months and years, you should expect to see a growing demand for emission-related tests, like those involving smoke meters and emission analyzers. And you'll need to have the right people and training in place to help you serve the growing market of electric vehicles. Like most big changes in any industry, it won't be an overnight revolution. But if you can get ahead now, you'll be in the best position to ride the coming waves. And now we're going to hand over to Dan, who's going to look at further emissions analysis. Thanks, Ellie. Here's what workshops need to know. In case you missed it, we're in the middle of an eco-revolution. Clean air zones are spreading throughout the country. The Euro 6 standards are getting tighter with every iteration and more workshops and fleets are taking action to reduce their emissions than at any time in history before. And that means that controlling your emissions isn't just a question of ethics anymore. It's also a case of good business sense. Between the regulations and restrictions and the associated fines and penalties, it's more important than ever to stay on top of your vehicles and the harmful chemicals they're producing. Here's what every workshop needs to know about emissions analysis. What kind of emissions analysis tests do you need to do? For both petrol and diesel vehicles, your emissions tests should be split into two stages. A visual inspection, 
checking the exhaust for any visible smoke or colour, or a metered inspection using an approved analyzer, like a diesel smoke meter or a petrol and diesel emissions analyzer. But beyond this basic structure, there are a few details to be aware of, and it all depends on whether you're testing a petrol vehicle or a diesel vehicle. Emissions analysis for petrol vehicles. According to the DVSA's guidance, you'll need to carry out a visual inspection on any petrol-based vehicle, regardless of when it was first used. If the exhaust is producing dense blue smoke or clearly visible black smoke, that's an automatic failure. If it passes the visual inspection, you'll need to move on to a test using an emissions analyzer. Petrol vehicles first used on or after the 1st of August 1975, you'll be using the standard emissions test, analyzing the concentration of carbon monoxide and hydrocarbons with the engine at its normal idling speed. And here are the same standards for diesel vehicles. If it's carbon monoxide, it's 0.5 grams per kilometre. Hydrocarbons and nitrogen oxide, 0.17 grams per kilometre. Nitrogen oxide, 0.08 grams per kilometre. Particular matter, 0.005 grams per kilometre. Solid particle number, 6.0 times 1011 particles per kilometre. So what does that mean for your fleet? Emissions testing is an established part of every vehicle's MOT, and if your vehicles aren't staying inside their required emission limits, they could be deemed unfit for use on the roads. But even after they've passed their MOTs, they could be liable for emission-based penalties. And it all comes down to the government's recent move towards clean air zones. Back in 2015, the government announced plans to introduce clean air zones across major UK cities. And today, we've already got zones in place across multiple cities, including Bristol, Manchester, Southampton, and many more. Just like London's ultra-low emission zone, some of these clean air zones charge a fee to enter the area if your vehicle doesn't meet the right standards. So if you're running a fleet with hundreds of vehicles that haven't had their emissions checked, you could end up with a hefty bill, one that could easily be avoided by working to reduce the emissions your vehicles produce. Ready to start testing? The first step towards a greener fleet and a reduction in fines is to get a proper understanding of the emissions your vehicles are pumping out. If you're running a larger fleet, the costs of outsourcing these tests can start to add up. And ironically, those extra trips to a test centre are only pumping more harmful substances out into the air. So if you want to cut costs on your testing and cut down on your harmful emissions, you can bring your emissions testing in-house with accurate and professional testing equipment like our own DVSA approved and Euro 6 accredited diesel smoke meter or petrol and diesel emissions analyzer. Check out our online shop for our full range of testing equipment or talk to one of our helpful experts to find out exactly what equipment you need. We can all do more in business and in our personal lives to protect our planet. And today is the day to make that start. Head over to our website and social media to check out our tips and tricks on how to protect the environment. We hope to see you next time when you tune in to another Commercial Vehicle Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Commercial Vehicle Podcast from Total Care. If you haven't already, why not subscribe and get every episode delivered to you for free? And don't forget, you can find us on social media just by searching Total Care.